to Blast from the Arsenal. Hey everybody, how you all doing? Hope you're keeping safe and well. I'm your host Angelo, thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm joined as ever by the man who is soon to become one half of the face of the latest Arsenal podcast to hit live streaming, more on that in a bit, it's Diddley. How you doing Diddley? Hello mate, how are you? I'm, I'm alright, I'm alright. What have you been up to since our last episode, just over a week ago now? Yeah, not a lot mate, working hard. Uh... Nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> Much of a muchness. That's uh, that's lockdown life for you, isn't it, mate? You're uh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm probably the same as everyone else. What can you do? You go for a walk a day, and that's about it. That's it. That's it. But I'm you've had a work. couple of exciting things going on. In fairness, haven't you? Because you, you you've got a, an Arsenal win, you know, so that's something exciting. Yeah. You're waiting for a house move to go through. That's exciting. Um, yeah. You know, it's and exciting on one hand, it's frustrating on the other. Yeah, what are we talking about, Arsenal or the house move? Both. Both, exactly, exactly. Well, as long as you're keeping safe and, you know, out of mischief, that's the main thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'll tell you what I've been enjoying. Oh, I've been on. enjoying reading the reviews that people have left us on yes. Apple Podcasts. So yes. That's been nice. Really that has nice been to nice. Read. Yeah, because last week we, um, we asked our lovely listeners, didn't we, you know, if you'd consider leaving us... Uh, a review on Apple Podcasts, and they did, didn't they? And they were like London buses because we had nothing, and then all of a sudden we had three out of nowhere. Yeah. So crazy, yeah. keep them coming, guys. Um, yeah. If you've got Apple Podcasts, uh, if you haven't, go out and um, buy an Apple iPhone. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We we don't discriminate. We love Android users as well. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you and I are both Apple Apple users. Is there the Apple equivalent of somewhere to leave nice comments for a podcast to boost our ego, or well, I'm not sure. I, I assume a lot of people listen on Spotify, but I don't think you can rate or review on there. No, I don't think so either. So it's just Apple being having this system that they've got. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Look, thanks for your support anyway. <laughs> we appreciate it nonetheless. And look, your your no. subs- your, your download numbers tell us that. Uh, you know, obviously you rate us because they're forever going up. So, um, yeah, that is, that is a good point, Diddley. That is a good point. Um, that's it. I've got nothing to report either, to be honest, which is, which is, you know, shit. Other than, and I said we'll get onto it in just, uh, in just a second, but we're going to do our first live stream, aren't we? Uh, which we've been promising for a while. So, before we get into that, I'm just going to remind everybody that, uh, you know, whether this is your first time listening to the podcast or you've been listening for a while, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Uh, and obviously make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, what is the social media handle that they need to look out for? It's at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. Right. Let's talk about this, uh, this live stream that we're going to do and why it's very important to be following them following us on either twitter or instagram and that is because we are giving away an amazing prize as part of a competition aren't we we are yeah uh, a beautiful away shirt um, from 93 94 season Correct. i think it is. it is yeah yeah iconic it's iconic yeah if you want to walk around looking like a retro arsenal football player <laughs> 
then just find our pinned tweet or go onto Instagram and find the post. You can't miss it. It says win this shirt and uh, either retweet the tweet or like the post on Instagram to be in with a chance of winning it. Um, I know I'd love to win it. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you've got to be in it to win it. Not the shirt, the competition. So uh, I don't think you're allowed to win it. That would look a bit sus, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Um, but yeah, so far phenomenal 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 response um but you know it's not too late you've got until the 28th uh to enter that competition and why the 28th diddly why the 28th the 28th is the day we will be doing our first live youtube stream after the leicester city match and we will also announce the winner that day Live on on the stream. Live on the stream, exactly. It'll be available to watch on, as you say, on YouTube, but also I think there's going to be a a Twitter feed of some sorts as well. Look, we're new to this, you know, we're we're, we're hardcore old school podcasters. We're not down with the kids, but we're going to give it a go because, you know, we want interaction, uh, immediate interaction, don't we? So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That'd be great. Yeah. And and let's hope. That's not the weekend you move house because that could uh, <laughs> that could scupper things. We'll see, we'll see. I'll just I'll have to put it back, mate. I'll tell him I'm busy. Yeah, well, exactly. Priorities, you know. Yeah. Adoring, you know, podcast fans or roof over your head. I think I know which one's more important. But uh, there you go. Right. Uh, well, we've done all the housekeeping, so let's crack on with the main event, which is obviously our podcast. Um, and look. It, it makes sense, as ever, to start with Tweet of the Week. So do you want to wanna play that jingle? And I say play, it's live. Go nuts. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Always the same. Love your consistency, Diddley. This week's Tweet of the Week comes from at Tiki Tacker Connor on Twitter. And his tweet has gone viral, hasn't it? I don't know if you've, you've seen it, Diddley. Uh, it was... Arsenal v Leeds at the weekend, which obviously we're going to talk about very shortly. And his tweet was him watching uh, the TV, watching the game. And William's about to come on as a substitute. He's got a shirt on. He's uh, talking to the fourth official. Yeah, check my boots, whatever. And as he sees William about to come on, he turns the telly off. <laughs> uh, game over. I'm not watching it. Not watching it. And uh, it was obviously tongue in cheek. Uh, you know, when you see him coming on, you can just picture and hear all the Arsenal fans around the world just going. Ah. Yeah, there's a collective groan, isn't there? You, you yeah. wonder if it's a bit of thunder outside, and then you realise it's. You say it's the red half of North London, spread across the globe. Uh, you know, dismayed by the fact that he's coming on. So yeah, that was this week's tweet of the week. Go check him out on uh, Twitter. As I say, that is at Tiki Taka Connor. Uh, very funny tweet and um, yeah, nicely sums up sentiments of Arsenal fans everywhere. <laughs> uh, there were some other funny tweets this week, actually, that um, famous tweets. I don't know if you saw from a few, um, uh, a few. Uh, well, they're not even necessarily Arsenal Arsenal tweets. One was from Mikel Antonio because obviously it was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? Did you do anything for Valentine's Day? It was. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what you did this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I forgot because I, I didn't get a card or a present. Did you get anything? No, no. I think when you've been with your, your missus for as long as we have, you, you, you tend to go, just commercial bullshit? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Back to normal. Won't bother. So uh, that's, that's turned out to be a, 
a lucky escape. But um, mate, every day is Valentine's Day when you live with me. Trust that's me. what I yeah, that's what I tell my wife as well. Um, doesn't go down that great, but there you go. So uh, yeah, some some funny tweets that I saw this week, and as I say, not even from uh, Arsenal Arsenal players. One was from Mikel Antonio, the West Ham United striker. I don't know if you saw this. I did see it. it yeah, was a tweet, him and his a picture of him and his uh, his girlfriend, I believe it is, uh, and it goes as follows: I love you with all my willy. I would say my heart, but my willy is bigger. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> which was brilliant. And then there was another one which was posted by at AFC Acer. That's AFC and then A-Y-C-E-R. Uh, and there's a picture of Bernd Leno with his girlfriend or wife. And it says, no clean sheets for Leno on Valentine's Day. <laughs> which was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, very good. And the last one. Sorry, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but the last one, this made me laugh as well, was from Anthony Doherty, who's at TonyDoc711. And he put Happy Valentine's Day. I'm guessing he's tagged in a Spurs fan. And it says, Roses are red, violets are blue. 13 league titles, you've only got two. Uh, it was obviously a, a picture of the Arsenal crest in the Spurs crest in our shadow, which is uh, funny and factually correct. So, um, yeah, good job, everyone involved there. Right. Any Arsenal news that we've got to report this week? Uh, today, it's been announced Thierry Henry is going to be interviewed for the AFC Bournemouth managerial position. Thoughts on that? Do you think that's maybe him trying to get back into England as prep for hopefully future Arsenal job? Or Yeah, uh, future Arsenal, I'm sure he would like it. Um... He's certainly got the confidence. Whether he can um, match it on the as a coach, I'm I'm, I'm not so sure. To be honest, it's, he's yeah. not done great as he so far. And yeah, so I'm not sure I'd want him to come back and and ruin his legacy. Yeah, totally. Get what you know, you're it, it it was a bit different with Arteta coming back. That you know, he, he was he was a good player for us, but he, he didn't go down as one of the the greats, did he? No, really. so no. you didn't you didn't feel there was a, a lot to lose there. There so. wasn't. No, you're right. There wasn't a legacy to um, there tarnish. wasn't a legacy to tarnish. Yeah, and I totally get what you mean. I mean, I think you know, Frank Lampard obviously went back to Chelsea as a as a legend, and I, I think he was probably harshly sacked, if I'm honest. So he's um, he's probably not necessarily tainted his legacy because he did an okay job, didn't he? Whereas I know it's completely different, but I look at someone like Gareth Bale, who I was having this uh, conversation with my nephew earlier. He's a Spurs fan. Jesus Christ. But anyway, he's a Spurs fan. And um, I said to him, I was like, he's tainted. We don't talk about that enough. I've got (laughs) Yeah. Stop you there. Yeah, shocking. Um, uh, I said to him, I was like, you know, he's tainted his legacy. He's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, well, you know, if he'd never come back to... Spurs, everyone would go and, do you know what? Gareth Bale was amazing when he was at Spurs. Even Arsenal fans can't deny that. He was brilliant, wasn't he, for that one season? Um, <laughs> but um, since he's come back and, and he's sort of not done very well, I think uh, he will forever be remembered as, yeah, he did well, but there was that time when he came back and he was awful. And I don't want Henri to come back to Arsenal in a similar fashion. Oh, amazing, top goal, God, you know, he's fantastic. But there was that time he was a shitty manager as well, and that's kind of... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was worried when he came back as a player, but he did all right. He had a 
some moments, didn't he? I think. Um, well, he scored that that goal against Leeds, and obviously one against yeah. Sunderland as well. So he, yeah, he, he did well. Um, so yeah, it went all right for him on that bail. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. It's a it's a good a good move for him to to just show what he's made of us, I guess. Problem is that he had an ill-fated spell at Monaco as manager, didn't he? That really didn't go very well at all. I think uh, I, I wonder with players like that as well. When you're that good, when you're that good, and then you're working with players that are not as good as you are, things that you find easy as a player, yeah, you struggle to comprehend how lesser players can't do it. Do, do, do you know what I mean? But, um, and now he's at, uh, is it Montreal? Montreal Impact he's at, I think, as a manager. Yeah. I don't really know what he's done over there. I'm not even going to pretend. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, so that's that. And the other big controversy this week is um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. What's up in there, Diddley? Well, he's uh, broken, well, potentially broken... Uh, Covid protocol and got himself a new tattoo. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if it was done safely and the person tattooing him was tested and tested neg- negative, you know, as long as he's not putting these teammates in any sort of potential risk, mm. I don't particularly have an issue with it. But rules are rules. Lockdown's lockdown. He's the captain of the club. Yeah. It's not not great PR, is it, for Arsenal, I guess. Um, But it is only allegedly at the moment. But I don't know if you saw in the game against Leeds, he had a wrap around his hand and this tattoo was actually on the face of his, uh, the back of his hand, isn't it? So it's people say, no, 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 it's an old tattoo. And other people say, well, why is he wearing that bandage over his hand? It's to protect the tattoo. So whether it's true or not, you know whether it's recent, whether it's not, I don't know. But Arsenal had put a statement out to say they will be speaking to Aubameyang about the video that appeared on Instagram. And there was a fantastic tweet on our feed by um, East Lower, who's at Arsenal's Glasses underscore. He says, no doubt the lip service will now ensue. Arsenal will put out some two-bit statement about safety, swiftly followed by Orba's apology that he doesn't mean. Then a few washed-up ex-pros will get 100 quid on Sky for slating him for two minutes making out they live like saints. Um, uh, and we, I responded saying, I love how none of these things have yet happened, but it somehow seems so accurate because you, you can just see it now, can't you? You know, someone like Lee Hendry or um, I don't know, Clinton Morrison going, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, not great, but we'll see what happens. Um, and what was the other thing? Ah, yes, and the other one involves a potential transfer rumour. We'll talk about that one, Diddley. Potential transfer rumor, yeah. I mean, we were linked quite. Yeah, I think it was in the Sun with a young player. I'm not. I don't know too much about. Sent aboard the sport in Lisbon, Thiago Thomas. Twenty million, twenty-year-old. Yeah, I mean the price tag and the the age kind of fits the the bracket of what we're looking for, doesn't it? I guess, but uh, I. I don't know anything about him. I'm not even going to pretend I do. So, um, yeah, we, I we may, it, I, I imagine it's we're, we're looking at options, I think, in the summer. I wouldn't be surprised if 
Lacazette was sold in the summer. Yeah, that is another rumour um, that's going around. Along with Eddie and Ketia as well, and the funds from those two transfers were put towards a, another centre-forward. Mm. Someone yeah. of the type that Mikel wants. And there's a little guy, bit younger. There's that guy in France who's quite good. Um, if you've heard of him, Mbappe. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> He's going cheap. <laughs> He's only got a year left on his contract, apparently. Um, Another one that, uh, you know, jo- joins the you know that almost joined Arsenal yeah. 11. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that, that team would beat any in the world. They'd even beat the Har- Harlem Globetrotters are that good. Um, the other uh, transfer rumour was outgoing. Oh, no, sorry, incoming. Another incoming, which was Danny Ceballos, which I know is a bit of a weird incoming because he's in his second lane spell with us. But, mm. um, yeah, rumours being touted that we might be interested in signing him permanently. 20, 25 million, something like that. Yeah, I think it's 25 million euros, around 22 million pounds. <laughs> Stick or twist. Yeah. I've seen mixed debate, mixed sort of feelings on this one because, well, he's had a, he's played a mixed sort of performance level, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Sometimes he looks really, really good, and other times he, I just I can't see what he what he brings to, yeah. to the side. Yeah. Problem is, a lot of people are sort of saying, Danny Ceballos, twenty twenty five million. You know, we're going to buy him to replace. 20 to 25 million Guendouzi and 20 to 25 million Torreira is it worth it you know we're going to lose two and bring one in and is it a bit like for like which I get but Torreira clearly is going to work out and I think Guendouzi's attitude is what prevents him from staying within the team so I don't want to say we're spending 25 million on a good attitude but we said before sort of team fit is, is important He's only young still, isn't he? Ceballos, I'm sure he's only sort of 20, 23, 24, maybe something like that. I'm not yeah, sure. 20, yeah, something um, like that. So there's still time for him to, to develop and uh, I guess work out his best position. But uh, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Right. Do you want to do a bit of which number nine? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? You ready? I struggled last week, didn't I? You did struggle, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to up my game after the first week. Yeah, true, true. Do you want a jingle? Yeah, of course, everyone wants a jingle. Go with it, go. <laughs> Which number nine? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I love it. So did Lee. Which number so, nine? Let's get into this. Clue number one. Play for Arsenal... For three years. Okay. Read them all out. Go on. Clue number two. Scored his first goal in a 1-1 draw versus Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> okay. Clue number three. He used to share a goal-scoring record with Alan Shearer. Okay. You got it? You look like you well, got it. I don't it. know, maybe, maybe. Okay, clue number four. After leaving Arsenal on a permanent basis, he played for ten different clubs before retiring. Oh, Jesus. Maybe not. 
All right, my first guess is... What was he asking for longer than that? My first guess is... Alan Smith. It's not Alan Smith. Oh, it's not Alan Smith, right. Okay. My second guess is Kevin Campbell. <laughs> it's not Kevin oh. Campbell. Do you need more clues? I don't know. You've got any more clues? Uh, I can give you some more yeah, clues. Yeah, go for it. I'm struggling here. He signed for the club in 2001. He holds a record with Alan Shearer. What was that? What was that clue? He used to hold a well, yeah. He used to hold a goal-scoring record with Alan Shearer. He signed for the club in 2001. Uh, I know what it is. I know it is. It's Fox in the Box, Francis Jeffers. Correct. Ding, ding, the ding, under twenty one goal scoring record that he used. He was. He was the under twenty England under twenty one top goal scorer of all time, yeah. along with Alan Shearer. They held the joint record until recently. Who broke Eddie, it? Eddie and Ketia. Eddie and Ketia. Yeah. Good. That was a toughie. I like that though. That was good. Good. Top. Yeah. To, to be honest, I had like I kind of I remember Francis Jeffers signing for the club. You know, eight million pounds was quite a lot of money at the time. Mm. But I guess there was a bit of a premium because he was English. Um, but yeah, looking at his stats since I've been um, doing some research, pretty poor, really. Yeah. I think he had a lot of injuries. He only scored four goals for the club. Mm. I don't think it helped. He joined a team that was, you know, up there already. Yeah. And I mean. You know, who was he going to oust from the team to... Yeah, this is it. So... I mean, during that time, um, we won the league. We won the FA Cup. But he didn't get... He didn't play enough games in the league no to way. get a medal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he didn't feature in the cup final squad either. Wounded. Oh, well, there you go. Thanks for nothing, Franny Jeffers. Did he go to Scotland after he left us? Oh. Did go back to Everton and then he went up to Scotland. I don't know. Where don't did he go? He, I'll tell you where he went. I'll list them quickly. Yeah. He uh, joined Charlton Athletic, uh, went on loan to Rangers from there. Uh, then he joined Blackburn, went on loan to Ipswich, uh, then joined Sheffield Wednesday. Then he went to Australia, played for the Newcastle Jets, then back to Scotland, um, playing for Motherwell, uh, and then back to the Newcastle Jets. Then he played in... Maltese Premier League of all places why wouldn't you oh, played two know. games there scored one goal uh, and then finished his career at Crinton Stanley who were they yeah exactly <laughs> good alright well there you go fond well not so fond memories of Francis Jeffers Fox in the box thanks for that Diddly more next week okay let's get down to it because uh, exciting times Arsenal won a game in the Premier League again, and convincingly, uh, albeit a bit nervous towards the end. Uh, and of course, we're talking Arsenal v Leeds on Valentine's Day. Must be love. Um, I was really pleased with that performance, or certainly the, the first sort of 60, 70 minutes of it. Um, starting 11, let's start where we always start. Starting 11, I'll quickly read it out to you if you want. We've got Leno, Bellerin, uh, David Luiz, Gabriel in the middle, Cedric playing uh, left back, 
Uh, then we have Ceballos and Xhaka in the middle. Uh, Saka, Ujgaard and Emil Smith-Rowe supporting uh, our main striker, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I saw Saka, Ujgaard and Emil Smith-Rowe together, I was like, please work. Because if it works, we're going to see more of it. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure on them already. Because there was a lot of demand, you know, everyone was saying, put them together, put them together. And uh, they didn't disappoint. They absolutely didn't disappoint. Certainly not for me. Thoughts overall on the game, the, the lineup? You happy with what you saw? Yeah, definitely. I, I was surprised um, to see Emil Smith Rowe and Martin Odegaard starting the game. Mm. Um, I could see him, I can see him playing together, but I thought maybe it would be as a sort of sub late on where they're both on the pitch to make yeah. something happen in a game where we were, we were struggling. So yeah, pleasant surprise to see them playing uh, a little bit. I felt for Pepe cause I thought he's been playing really well. Um, but he has, he's been playing quite, a, quite a lot of 90 minutes, hasn't mm-hmm. he? I think so maybe he was just rested for, for Thursday, and obviously there was a bit of history with him getting sent off uh, against Leeds, uh, so maybe they thought just best leave you out, keep you so you don't get wound up or, or yeah. something like that, yeah. maybe. But yeah, look, they they clicked, didn't they? The the three young lads and Aubameyang thrived on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally from kickoff, we had a really really bright start. I thought uh, Emma Smith Rowe better in both having sort of half chances in the box fired straight straight over if I remember correctly but the intent was there from the off wasn't it and I thought this is a good start I hope we don't come to sort of regret missing these chances because you know where Leeds are one of those interesting teams and as much as you get opportunities but you know they're going to score or, or create chances to score um, so when we missed a, a couple of early early sort of opportunities I thought oh god I hope uh, hope that doesn't develop into anything um, I was quite surprised just looking at the starting lineup. I was quite surprised that Rob Holden didn't feature because he, he played quite a lot with, uh, well, with a number of different partners, but he played a lot of games. He was sort of the, the mainstay and then he was having to flip between Gabriel, Pablo Mari, David Luiz. Um, I don't think he's played for the last two or three games. And I don't know if that's injury yeah, or he, um, rest. I think he was left out because he probably looked like he needed a rest. Uh, I think. Obviously, I think he played against um, Villa in the last game. Oh, did he? Right, OK. And he, he was probably one of his worst games this season. I thought he looked sluggish and sloppy mm. against Villa. Um, and what Louise and Gabriel give you, I think, from centre-back against the team like Leeds is that, you know, they can provide those quick sort of get out of the deep, uh, the high press yeah. and bypass uh, the midfield um, to, to hit hit them on the counter but we didn't play like that too often really I thought we were quite in control of the game mm. yeah especially in that first half I, I did I, I did feel like David Louise was having one of those certainly first half of the game he was having one of those sort of uh nervous games if you like where I just felt like at any given moment there was going to be some sort of stupid error that he was going to make um, oh, that's, ev- that's every game isn't it 
Well, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it does feel a bit like that. But this one in particular, just I mean, I've noted down, obviously, a couple of notes from the game. The first one being the Aubameyang goal, um, where he collects the ball on the left of the box and then a nice touch uh, from Emil Smith-Rowe to Xhaka and it finds its way to, to Warburg, as I say. A couple of step-overs, bamboozles the, the defender and tucks it away nicely into that bottom corner. The keeper either can't see it until late or it's just out of his reach. Um, yeah, he probably assumed that he was going for that um, curl into the far corner. Yeah, that he uh, tries quite a lot, but caught him out on the inside. Yeah. And brilliant to see him back scoring that first yeah. goal. That was, that was great, and it was all his own doing in a way. And that's what you need from a striker. Sometimes it can't always be, you know, pass, 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 pass. Or, you know, you, you want your striker to be the one that's taking the charge. So it was good to see him getting involved from the off. And I don't know, maybe in his favoured position. We've had this debate before, haven't we, as to well, what is his best position? Um, if you're a striker, surely it's got to be up front. Simple as I that. Think, I think uh, that's what he would say. Yeah. Um, and look, it was pretty obvious in the summer. We signed him up to a new contract. Lacazette probably uh, was thinking, am I going to get one? It doesn't look like he is. No. They made their choice. Uh, and Bamiang's not played that much, has he, down the middle? No. Really. And I think if you're going to make that choice and show that he's, he's your main man, you've make got to try and find man. a way for yeah. it to work Yeah. with him down the middle. And I think with uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and, and Odegaard and Saka and Pepe, you've got players that can do Great. that for him, create the chances and... Do we really want Aubameyang running up and down the wing? Yeah, you know, he's, in, he's I mean, heading I, into his, fir- you know, he's into his thirties and. Yeah, I did see him at one point at right back. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's from the result of a corner. I just like, at one point I saw him going, "What the fuck are you doing over there, mate? You need to be scoring the goals." I mean, you know, obviously he scored three, so who am I to tell him what to do? But I think you're right. I think playing up front. Is, is no doubt what he'll want. I think having the creativity behind him is is important. And having, uh, as you say, Emil Smith-Rode, Odegaard, Saka, you're going to get chances, which clearly he did, and we'll talk about in a moment. I guess it's quite yeah. obvious that he... It's quite obvious that creativity has been our issue when you think about when Lacazette has played it down the middle. He's dropped back so deep to come and get the ball because it's not been happening further up the field, is it? Um, so, yeah, gutsy call by Arteta to play those three, but I'm, I'm so pleased he did because I thought they all clicked really, really well. Um, but then, as I say, it was after that goal where I was thinking, I, I literally, the note reads, David Luiz looking like he could make a costly error at any moment, and um, there's nothing worse than having that feeling, is there? But there you go. Should we talk about that issue? Uh, you know, you brought David Luiz up, Rumours going around, circulating after that match that he's potentially going to be offered a one-year extension. Yeah, which is ironic because the last time he he was just about to sign an extension, he had that disastrous game against Man City, didn't he? If you remember, he gave away a a goal or two um, and then he signed a new contract. And and to be fair, as I say, he looked like he could make an error in this game, but he, he didn't make anything costly. We've said before, haven't we, you know, what does he bring to the team? He's not going to be your starting centre-back. 
So as long as he can accept that that's not his position. And you speak to anyone, not that we do, but you know, you hear, <laughs> you hear about um, what players say about him and he's full of experience, isn't he? You know, he's trying to tell players what to do. And I don't know, I, I always think sometimes the best coaches are not necessarily the best players. You know what I mean? They've got the brain to do it, but they haven't necessarily got the ability to do it. And I wonder if he's, he's obviously had a good career, but I wonder whether he's one of those where he's, he's good with people, you know, and that's maybe what Arteta wants from him is to be more of the cheerleader than the defender. Yeah, maybe having him around the club, you know, potentially isn't a bad thing in the future. The, the young way. lads, the young lads look up to him, don't yeah. they? And, You'd be disappointed if they signed him up to a new contract and he was starting every week, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be disappointed if he was on reduced wages, playing cup games, Europa League games, if we even get there, etc. That's how I see him. If he was starting every week, though, I'd be a bit like, come on, we're Arsenal Football Club, we can't do better than this, is that regular? Yeah, look, he looks good for four games, four or five games, and then, you know, he's got that everyone in that cost you three points yeah which yeah uh it's something that we don't really need yeah not when you're trying to progress no um, um it's probably time to move him on or like you say definitely a, a massively reduced role from the starting lineup yeah. helping out when when we need when we need him but uh i Honestly, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like he's getting quicker and making better decisions every week. He's not learning anymore. He's, he's getting older and he's getting slower. Time to move on. Yeah, so you wouldn't offer him any contract or only on the basis of the fact that he wouldn't be playing 30 games a season? I'd prefer to not have him on the pitch, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, a coaching role I wouldn't be opposed to if he, if he, if he, something he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think most people are on, on the same side of the fence as you on that one, mate. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what, what happens. Uh, right. We can't get away from, <laughs> uh, VAR. It seems like week after week after week there's a VAR controversy. This one happened on the 33rd minute. Um, Saka running through on goal. Looked like a foul. Penalties given. I was thinking, great, we're about to go 2-0 up. Uh, and then, is it Andrew Mariner that was in the, the VAR box up at Stockley Park? Called over the ref and said, you might want to check this one out for yourself. I, I'm bottling it. I don't want to make a decision. And the ref goes over and says, oh yeah, he's rugby tackled into the ground. Well, it hasn't quite, is it, let's be honest. But no penalty. Thoughts? I thought it was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, initially, I thought it was a penalty, and watching it back, I've watched it a few times. I still think there's enough in it to be a foul. It's not like he's trying to get the ball. You know, he's he's not touched the ball, is he? Is he? No. He's bundled him over basically. Uh, and yeah. I tell you what, really, really fucked me off. Part of my French was. Um, Late in the game, there was an incident where, um, oh God, what's his name? 
Patrick Bamford was in the Arsenal box and he was kind of bundled over in the same fashion. Except yeah. there were two defenders. I thought but... I thought they were going to give that. I thought that was a penalty as well. Yeah. So that one wasn't given. Yeah. And uh, in the studio, Graham Souness, uh, in particular, was adamant it was a penalty. It was a penalty. You know, he's not he's not touched him. He's taken him out. And I thought, what's the difference between that and Saka's? Yeah, you're not focusing on the Saka one. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. But you you're going to town on 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 one and not the other really annoyed me and I, I again I thought it was a penalty I've seen less given I mean you've seen the likes of Salah you know get touched with a fingertip and they're over and it's a penalty and you think yeah, same old thing every week inconsistent that, that Salah one against um, Man City's I think it was it's a yeah. clear yeah. clear dive the way he throws himself down there was you know Saka's not dived does he he's there's no. enough force or you know involvement there for him to go down. Luckily, it it, it, it didn't affect Aspen. the uh, result of the game. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, I forget who the other pundit was on Sky Sports for that game with Graham Souness, but they said uh, if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, talking about the Bamford one, it's a free kick. So why is it not a penalty? Well, you could say the same for the Saka one. If that happens anywhere else on the free kick, with on the pitch where the player gets bundled over, it's a free kick. So why is it not a penalty? Really frustrating. Um, as you say, five minutes later, it, it didn't particularly matter because Saka involved again, closing down the goalkeeper who's dithering on the ball, um, and he hacks it to Saka's ankle, really, doesn't he, and brings him down. And that one is clear as cut, isn't it? That penalty. Yeah. Again, good work from Saka. The- the boy just keeps going and going, and Unreal. I think that was his fifth, the fifth foul on him at, yeah. at that point. Um, he, he's getting targeted every week. I am worried uh, that he's going to get injured at one point. Um, but yeah, he just takes it in his stride. To be fair to him, and keeps going, doesn't he? So yeah, well, you you mentioned before about Pepe and his history with Leeds earlier this season with uh, Alioski. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried it on with Saka, didn't he? If you saw, sort of, fouled him a few times, like rubbing the back of his head, anything to try and wind him up. And Saka just didn't nibble at all, did he? And thought, he's so mature for such a young player. And his performances week after week are just better and better and better. He's so influential. Um, and he loves the club. That's what I love about it, you know, because he's one of our own. He loves the club. So it's, yeah. So excited to um, to watch him play. Whenever he gets the ball, it's like you know the sort of player that gets you up off your off your seat, doesn't it? Like go on, run at him. What are you going to do? And I love how direct he is in that respect. So yeah, it was all Saka again. That one wins the uh, into penalty and all but sends keeper the wrong way. Yeah, brilliant penalty um, inside. When, when it hits that side of the netting, you know there's no chance. Forget the it. Keeper there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was that one. And then there was another goal before half time. We were going 3 0 up before half time. It was blowing my mind. Um, and it was from, well, it was from your your love child. <laughs> your HM loving um, favourite player. So. Tree planting uh, vegan Hector Bellerin. Yes. He had a good first half. Again, like he um, 
the interplay between him and some of the midfielders, I think, going forward, he's a very good player. Obviously, there's issues going the other way. Um, but uh, this was a good uh, play from Danny Ceballos, a uh, little nutmeg pass yeah, to him. And it's, a, it's a good finish. just puts his foot through it. Some, a lot of the time, he, he shoots with his instep, but mm. he puts his laces through this one. and Maybe the goalkeeper should do better. Again, it's his yeah. sort of near post, isn't it? But 3-0, buzzing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And funnily enough, I thought uh, Bellerin had sort of screwed it up moments before because I think the cross came over to him from Auburn and he headed it down as if to pass to Emil Smith-Rowe. And I thought, what have you done? You've you've played one too many. And they say from Emil Smith-Rowe to Ceballos. And then, yeah, it was, it, it was good. Lovely little team play. And we were, you know, well on our way to being in control of this game. 3-0 up at Leeds at half-time, which couldn't have been more different to the reverse fixture earlier in the season where we were hanging on by, you know, our fingertips to, to stay in the game. Mm. So, yeah, I was really pleased with that. Half-time comes, uh, and we start the second half in the same vein, don't we? Yeah, good pressure in from the front. Um, you know, Saka drives forward, uh Aubameyang, um, sorry mate, I can't remember the goal. That's all right, don't worry, don't worry. Just trying to remember. No, no, that's all right. You're right, Saka runs towards goal. Um, I've got Lee's players, oh yeah, that's right, Costa picks it up, gets robbed by Emil Smith-Rowe, he crosses it to Orba, who heads in for the hat-trick, and it's the one where everyone's going, well, was it a cross by Emil Smith-Rowe, or or was it a shot that went wrong? That's it, yeah, Yeah, I remember it now, yeah. Uh, And funnily enough, he did put a, a tweet out, or it was on Instagram, a post on Instagram with uh, uh, this is Emma Smith Rowe saying, was it a shot or was it a cross? <laughs> with a Pinocchio tight nose on the on the uh, on the message. So I, I, either way, it's uh, it counts as an assist, and again, it's more influential play by the youngsters. Brilliant, four 0 up, Leeds. You're like oh, buzzing. And glimpses of what I think might be there to come in the future. You know, once we finally find our rhythm, mm. our issue has been attacking. Defensively, you cannot deny, nobody can, the stats are there. You can't deny Teta's made it better defensively. You know, second best defence in, in the league bar uh, Man City, obviously. So at the back, we've not had an issue. It's been going forward. And if you're banging in four goals... It's not the worst start, is it? And it's just about finding the right balance, I think, and the right personnel to play in the in the team. So, yeah, and a first uh, Premier League hat trick for Aubameyang. Yes, it is indeed. Which is kind of crazy, really. Uh, the amount of goals he scored—that's his first hat trick in the league. Uh, first in three years. The commentators were very keen to uh, to point that out. What his or Arsenal's? Arsenal's. Wow. Do you know who scored the last hat trick in the Premier League for Arsenal? Um, Alexis Sanchez. No. Uh, who the f- this is according to to the before we get anyone sending in uh, that we got it wrong. <laughs> I haven't actually uh, fact checked this. Go on. Who is it? They said it was Aaron Ramsey. All oh, right. Okay. There we go. It was. But Bamiang's hatchet was Arsenal's 40th 4-0 in the Premier League. No side has scored more Premier League hat-tricks 
Uh, and he's also the 21st different player to score a Premier League hat-trick for Arsenal. Two more than any other side. Now, I know you love a quiz, so I've got an impromptu quiz for you on Premier League hat-tricks from Arsenal. Okay. Yeah. Who doesn't love it? Right. You'll, you'll, you'll know these because they're iconic, except for one, which is a bit of a red herring. Uh, so I've got, what, one, two, three, four. I've got five different hat-tricks scored in the Premier League. I'll give you a little glimpse of information on it and you tell me who the scorer is got it nice and easy yep. obviously play, play along at home play along at home have you got right. a jingle for it though uh you got the hat trick no, we'll, you got the hat- if you haven't okay. got one but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave, I'll leave yourself. yeah yeah well you say that you've got to get you've got to get these right right ready yep okay the 13th of september 1997 in a 4-1 win versus Bolton, who got the hat trick? Uh, Nicholas Anelka. Wasn't Nicholas Anelka? Let me give you a clue. During this match, he's just done it. Oh, Ian Wright. Ian Wright's record-breaking hat trick against Bolton. Well, I think he'd gone on a bit of a goal-scoring drought a couple of games before because he had that. Obviously, we were we were kit supplied by Nike at the time, and he had that tank top that said one was it one eight five just done it or whatever it was, or one eight six just done it. Um, so yeah, Ian Wright, well done. Twenty uh, seventh of August nineteen ninety seven. This was a three all draw with Leicester. Dennis Burkamp. Dennis Burkamp, the Ice Man himself. Yeah, very good. Okay, iconic hat trick number three, the twenty third of October nineteen ninety nine. A 3-2 away win at Chelsea. Who scored the hat-trick? I've got a clue if you need it. I might need a clue, yeah. We were 2-0 down with 10 minutes left to play. And this famous hat-trick was scored. Carney. King Carney. It was. Very good. What a hat-trick that was. That's the one where he... Does that little sells the dummy on the on the line? Is it and then? Yeah, such an yeah. That's a great hat trick. Yeah. Right, I'm going to leave the red herring to last. So the last, uh, the second last one, the penultimate one, the seventh of May 2006, a 4-2 home win versus Wigan. It's the last game at Highbury. Who scores the hat trick? Thierry Henry. Ch14. It was indeed. Okay, now the red herring. Also the 7th of May, but 2003, in a 6-1 home win versus Southampton, which unlikely midfielder scored the hat-trick? Now, I know this. <laughs> right? It's two players. There were two hat-tricks. Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. Okay, well then, for, for two points, <laughs> go for it. Jermaine Pennant and Robert Perez. Correct. Very good. It was Jermaine Pennant that I was going for, but yeah, you're right. There were two hat tricks that game. There you go. Some some corkers there. Some real, uh, you know, some real head scratchers. Nice to pull them out. Have you heard Jermaine Pennant's story about that game? No. No, he didn't think he was going to play, and he went out the night before and got absolutely <laughs> smashed. <laughs> <laughs> An Arsenal player getting smashed the night before. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he started and uh, he was stinking of booze. He was re- really worried that um, Arsenal was going to smell it on his breath. 
Very and then he went out and scored a hat trick. There you go. He, he, unfortunately, it didn't really work out for him at Arsenal, did it? I know we're digressing here, but it didn't really work out for him. Um, signed him as yeah, like the most expensive. Yeah, well, we signed him as the most expensive teenager in history at the time, I think, didn't we? Two mil was it from Notts County or something like that? Or maybe it was more than two mil. And um, yeah, it just didn't work out. I think probably attitude, lifestyle, the hype before you've actually developed into the player you should be. Yeah. But there you go. I'm sure he had a spell in Thailand or somewhere like that. Singapore League, I'm not sure. But anyway, we digress. Um, so, 4 0 up. Arsenal leads were flying. Uh, and then things start to get a bit nervy, don't they? Yeah. Uh, it can happen. Um, I didn't think we sort of did it intentionally where where we've sort of gone, oh, we're 4 0 up. Let's, no. let's sit back. We just looked a little bit like we uh, kind of run out of energy and they made a couple of substitutions that, that brought a bit of changed, life back yeah. into them. And they are a team that, that keep going, they keep attacking, they keep playing yeah. the way they play. Yeah. You know, I just respect that. And Well, the, the first one was the corner. Um, you know, we've, we've been good at set pieces, so you can't expect us to never concede a set piece. But I just really, really, and I had a moan about it on Twitter, really hate zonal marking. Because I think it's David Louise who's not looking at the players. He's got his back to the field, if you like. And the player that scores the goal, whose name escapes me, has a run on him. So he's got a chance to get the, the power, the speed, the height to head the ball in. Whereas David Louise is kind of starting from a standing position and he never gets off the ground and, you know, 1 0. So that, that was either poor defending, I'm not sure. You know, his positioning wasn't great. You talk about an experienced defender. And then the second one, I thought, was poor by Hector Bellerin. So as you say, great going forward, but he really got caught out positionally with that, that through ball to the... Um, I forget, again, who the player was that crossed it. But, um, yeah, he, was, he got caught ball-watching, didn't he? And, definitely. Uh, the guy, through a goal, pulls it back for, I think it's Helder Costa. That's right, yeah. Um, you know... Were you worried at that point? Yeah, I was, because we were 4-2 up. Uh, and then not long after that was obviously the Patrick Bamford's penalty incident that I spoke about before. If he'd given that and it'd gone to 4-3, I could see shades of Newcastle 4-4 coming back uh, from a few seasons back where Chet Cioti scores that out, uh, goal from the outside of the, or the edge of the box and you know, we'd never live that down. Oh, Arsenal 4-0 up. We've seen this happen before. Um... So I was worried, but we yeah. managed the game well in the end and, and managed to kind of stifle off any, any real intent from them. Orba hits the post, doesn't he? So he could have had four. Yeah, Saka hit the post, uh, albeit it would have been offside. Yeah. Uh, Cedric had a, had a pretty good shot late on as well. Of course, uh, you know, we spoke about it earlier. William came on, uh, didn't seem to help in, in any sort of way. Well, to be fair, you know, Connor Tick Attacker wouldn't know because uh, he turned the telly off. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, I, I find him really frustrating at the minute. And I want to get behind him because we could be stuck with him for another two seasons. Mm. Um, you need to support your players. You can't just 
hound them out of the club, can you? It doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he right. needs to find some sort of form because he comes on, he trots around like he's Ronaldinho, but to be honest, he looks more like Ronald McDonald. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it. There was um, a press match, which uh, press match, press uh, interview with um, Arteta this afternoon, and and he was asked about Willian, and he said, look. To paraphrase, people are ripping into Willian. This is what the journalist said. What do you think? Do you think it's uh, justified the, the criticism he's getting? And his words were, I don't say it's unfair because expectations are really high in terms of the goals he can score and the assists that he can create. Uh, you expect him to be in the starting lineup, so it's normal that people write things about him. Basically saying, look, I guess it's not unfair the criticism he's getting because we've seen in the past the goals that he can score and the assists he can make and he's just not doing it for Arsenal. Um, but he has said something like, we must protect him. We must protect him. And it's like, well... You know, if something doesn't work out, it's okay to say this hasn't worked. Maybe you should move on. You know, mm. I hate forcing an issue. At the end of the day, if he is a square peg in a round hole, he's a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, when, when you move companies and you know things aren't quite right, sometimes you just have to to move along, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's what's going to happen with him, to be honest. No, um, I, I look. So I, I I'm, I'm inclined to say, look, you, you, you're taking up valuable time for the likes of a Reece Nelson and Martinelli. What, what are you offering that they're not? Because it must imagine. be frustrating for players like that as well. You know, Martinelli must be thinking, well, how have I not got one? Mm. I, I mean, in fairness, Martinelli has been prone to injury just recently, so I suppose they've got to manage him carefully. We're going to come on to the Europa League game that's being played on tomorrow, Thursday. Um, so maybe he'll get a run, up, a run out then. Um, but like Reese Nelson, I mean, he must be literally doing nothing in training to not even get a whiff of a substitute appearance, let alone starting. And yet you've got William that's stinking the place out at the moment. It's just a bit of a strange run, isn't it? It's just a strange run, but it's, uh, it's probably one that will continue to baffle us until the end of the season. I think he just needs that first goal to get his confidence back. Yeah. And Until and then, going. I mean, why don't why not play a drinking game when he comes onto the pitch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go get wasted yeah. the night before, come in to score a hat-trick. What's the problem? I think you could, you know. Uh, every shot that he has that hits a defender, <laughs> shot. <laughs> one shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any Brazilian uh, uh, liqueurs, but I'm sure there'll be something that's that's suitable. There you go. All right. Well, look, a convincing win. Uh, doesn't really do an awful lot in terms of the table. We're still in with a, a chance of making it into some form of Europe, but we do need others to slip up and we do need to be more consistent. So, um, you know, if you'd have offered me a 4-2 win against Leeds before the match, I'd have snapped your hand off for it, as I'm sure most mm. would. So we'll take the positives um, and, and see what comes of it, I guess. That's the end of that. Okay, so Arsenal Benfica, Thursday, 8 pm in Rome, neutral venue, um, which is a strange one because Italy has got one of the highest COVID <laughs> detection rates. But yeah, I mean, this is just insane, really. It is insane. Um, so, this is the first leg of the round of 32 for the Europa League. 
Um, obviously, so we're playing Benfica. Uh, I believe, I'm just going to quickly check. I'm going to quickly check, but they were fourth last time I uh, checked. Yes, they are fourth. They, they're still fourth, are they? Okay. Um, Benfica have got 13 a 13 points off top spot. Okay. So they're, you know, 13 points off top spot in and fourth in the Premier League yeah. of Portugal. They're, they're one of the big three clubs in Portugal and they're fourth. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I expect a resounding loss then. <laughs> um, how are you feeling about that game? Because the Europa League could be our way into Europe this season, couldn't it? Um, we we spoke last week about sort of do we put all of our eggs into that basket? I think it's probably still a bit too early uh, when it comes to, to to where we are in in that competition. Yeah. To do that, I think. Um, Maybe towards the sort of quarterfinal, semi-finals, then, then you would make a decision. If we were worse off in the league, also maybe yeah, obviously mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, we have still got a chance if, if we can show enough good form in the league. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, There's some massive teams left in it as well. You know, are, yeah, so it looks team. tougher than last year. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've got massive teams in there like. Uh, Ajax, who are obviously Champions League finalists, what two seasons ago? Um, who else you got in there? Man United are in there, massive team. Roma, massive team. Leicester, obviously doing great, great in the um, in the Premier League. Napoli, and then you've got small teams like Young Boys, Tottenham. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Benfica. No, Benfica. We can't can't disrespect Benfica, um, but we can disrespect Tottenham. It's a really tough, you know, sometimes I look at the Europa League these days and think, Christ, that almost looks tougher than the Champions League, which I know is a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, it's definitely winnable. It'll be interesting to see what sort of team he picks, especially knowing that we've got Man City at the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, there'll be a bit of rotation for this game. Yeah, um, yeah simply because we have got Man City at the weekend. Who can you see coming in? Uh, Pepe, I could probably see coming in. I could see Lacazette coming back in at, at centre forward. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, since took a knock to the ankle, didn't he, towards the end of the yeah. game? Yeah. Um, Saka's been playing a lot. Maybe this is a game where he gets a rest. Yeah. Willian or Martinelli on the left and maybe move Pepe onto the right. To allow for those other players to come in? Yeah, possibly. I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe, maybe, maybe not. He's played a lot. Um, I was surprised that he played against Leeds. thought that could have been a game that he got rested. Can Martin Odegaard play in the Europa League? Or yeah, I believe so. Because, no, I think as of January, you sort of resubmit your teams, can't you? Or your squads. So I think he's OK to play. Uh, and more to the point, I don't even know if Real Sociedad where he was before we were even in Europe. So um, I suspect he's all right. Um, do you think um, Matt Ryan might come in and go? He certainly did himself no. No, no you think it would be Leno? Yeah. Okay. Well, that susses that one out then. <laughs> uh, the the other worry that we have got, of course, is fullbacks. Is fullbacks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we've got two and they're both playing. Kieran Tierney has come back into training, but yeah. I can't think they're going to rush him back for this game. So that kind of means we're still stuck with Bellerin. I mean, he might, he might get some minutes in this game, depending on where he's at fitness-wise. If he's got a chance to play against Man City, they might give him some minutes in this yeah. just to dust off the uh, webs. Yeah. Um, they're they're a dangerous side. I don't think we should underestimate them, but I think we've got enough pace in the team to to be a threat to them as well. It'd be an interesting game. They've got a couple of old foes at the back. They've got Otamendi and um, Jan Vertonghen. It's their centre back. So uh, is that where Jan Vertonghen is? Right. Yeah. You know. They're not the quickest. You're right. Um, they got some exciting players up front. Yeah, young players. They got uh, Dar- Darwin Nunes, I think, is a centre forward. He's Uruguayan, 21. Uh, scored 16 goals last season against Almeria. Looked good. Uh, we've actually been looking at him, scouting him, I think. Um, but this season he's only scored four goals, I think. Um, but yeah, he's he's a dangerous player. They've got Everton. Suarez as well, uh, someone we we were looking at last summer. No, not two summers ago. Yes, but yeah, I remember the name. I think yeah. uh, when we were looking at Zaha and the sort of winger, inside forward type player that he is, tricky, but I'm not too sure how, how well he's doing out there. So, yeah, you know, we've, we've got to be at it from the off. Yeah, we have to turn up and, and take it seriously. And I think the thing with the Europa League, if, if it's taught us anything in recent seasons, is anything can happen. You know, I think, was it Eintracht Frankfurt that we played where we got, did we, did we lose 2-0 from memory? Or I can't remember, I'm sure it was those guys where there was a shot from outside the box and uh, was it David Espina was still in goal for us? That might explain some of it. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, you just can't underestimate any of these teams regardless of which league or, or where in the league they are. Uh, so it will it will be an interesting game, and it's what I say, it's one we've got to take seriously because we've got two legs, and if we can get off to a great start in the first leg, it, it puts us in a good position for the the follow up, doesn't it? Um, so uh, good. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. And then, as we said, we've got City at the weekend. How are you feeling about that? Because they're steamrolling everyone in sight at the moment. They are, well, yeah, do you think I, I... we'll kind of go a bit damage limitation, or do you think we'll take them on at their own game, or or, or maybe even Reemploy the tactics from last season of kind of sit back and hit them on the counter. Yeah, after the Leeds game, um, Bielsa came out and was interviewed and said they they were coached better. Or, you know, talking of of Nicole Arteta, mm. and he does do that. He does. Play gets them to do specific things against different teams. Yeah, play you know slightly differently and formation-wise doesn't hasn't changed it for a while. It seems to to be staying at how it is for at the back. Yeah, I think he'll stick to the formation, but I imagine that we'll probably be a bit more cautious. Hmm. Mm. Because City can, you know, rip you oh, apart. Yeah. The irony, of course, is uh, 
Aguero's been injured for most of the season and he's now back in training. So if there's any team that he's going to come back and do well against, if it's anyone, it's us. Uh, mm. So I guess we'll see again, see sort of how, how that pans out. But City are on fire. It's their league to lose now, isn't it? Um, it looks that way. Yeah, they're currently playing as we uh, record this. Uh, it's 1-1 against Everton. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, they've got their own Bukayo Saka in, in Phil Foden. Brilliant young player. Yeah. He scored the goal for them tonight. Wow. Yeah, there's... Uh, there's, there's go on, yeah. go on, mate. Go on. No, I was no, just going to say, say you know, those two. <laughs> you. <laughs> go on. <laughs> those, those two, Saka and Foden, are the best young players in the league for me, I yeah. think. Uh, I hope England use them properly. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say, I thought with Foden, there'd, there'd come a point where he probably wouldn't get the game time that he deserved. Because, you know, um, Mikel Arteta, well, probably was Mikel Arteta at the time, as well as Pep was saying, amazing, best player I've ever played, uh, I've coached at that age, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Well, why is he not playing? Uh, and now you look at the benefits of, you know, the slowly, slowly approach with him and how well he's doing. And yeah. um, there really are some fantastic young talents in the league. English in particular, and um, you know we're lucky to have at least two of them, if not more, playing for our club. But I, I, you know, like we said last week, you have to sort of forget about this season to some degree, and you judge Arteta from next season when he's got the squad that he's he shaped and wants himself, and uh, you know he sort of wiped the slate clean, and, and that's how we we judge him. So. Um, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people are still Arteta out, but yeah, that's not a five-minute job, as we've said before. So lots to look forward to this week. Obviously, we'll be back on uh, hopefully Monday night to record, as per usual. And then, uh, well, then, then as we said, the 28th, we'll put the links out. Come and see our ugly mugs <laughs> and uh, see if you have won an Arsenal away shirt, ninety three, ninety four season. Uh, amazing. Anything yeah. you get involved, to... come join us. Uh, looking forward to it and, and hearing from you guys, your, your questions that you've got or, or anything you want to put forward. Yeah, comment questions. Let's have a debate. Get involved. Uh, and if all goes well, who knows? We might we might end up doing more of them. But uh, I think that's probably us for tonight. Is it, Diddley? Yeah, I think so. Covered with that, covered everything. We have, we have. Thanks as ever. Don't forget subscribe and uh, tell your friends about us. Assuming they're gooners. Until next week, take care, and we will speak to you soon. Bye bye. You're listening to Blast. From the Arsenal.